What makes you different? What is it about you that attracts people to your business? Do you know? Does your staff know? And that's coming up next on Experience Leadership. Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that helps small business owners and entrepreneurs just like you dare to be the exception. Join our host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Hain, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you develop your business. So you can take the time to work on your business, not just in your business. Here's your host, Mark Hain. And welcome back to this edition of Experienced Leadership. This is where small business owners and entrepreneurs pick up core skill sets to help them work on their business, not just in their business. I'm your host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Hain. And today I am so pumped to be speaking with someone I consider a really good friend, Gare Maxwell. Today, we are talking about how you as a brand need to move from product language to story language. And we'll get to that in just a moment. I just want to acknowledge my fantastic subscribers. This is a brand new podcast. And so I really appreciate your support. You are truly amazing. If you find the information here valuable, please go ahead and subscribe to this feed. And if you could, I would really love it if you could leave a review of today's episode. Of equal importance, if you know someone who could use this information, please go ahead and share it. Knowledge is power, but only if we share it. I really love the quote from Seth Godin. In a busy marketplace, not standing out is the same as being invisible. So I have to ask you our question of the day. What do you and your team do every day that sets you apart from your competition? Why not share what you are proud of, what you and your team are proud of? Because at the end of the day, that's going to become part of your differential. So today, I am so proud to welcome my guest. He is the author of Nuts, Bolts, and a Few Loose Screws. And trust me, he's got a few loose screws himself, but in a good way. <laughs> he is a sought-after brand strategist, having spoken to and worked with some of North America's most iconic brands. He has shared stages with the likes of Richard Branson and Gene Simmons, and his unique market-tested ideas has inspired some companies to grow 15 to 20 times while creating an irresistible category of one. His next book coming up, I believe in the new year, is called Big Little Legends, How Everyday Leaders Build Irresistible Brands, and it is due out, but I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Gare Maxwell. How are you, my friend? It's so nice to have you on the show. Well, I, I can see that whatever the stipend was that I already paid you, that <laughs> glowing introduction, I might have to double or triple. Thank you uh, so much uh, for the kind words, Mark. And really, um, what intrigued me was the opportunity for you and I to share this philosophy that I uncovered a while back around this subject called Big Little Legends, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm just delighted to be here. Yeah. So, so Gary, thank you. Um, and before we get kind of get into it, could you maybe tell us a little bit about what you do for your clients? Well, what I really do is I study the origin of legends and decode their enduring magnetic appeal. So when people think of legends, they tend to think of, well, 
King Arthur and Robin Hood and, and, and legends from my study. I'm a history buff. And, and from my study of the origin of legends, there's one thing they all share in common is that they en endlessly fascinate human beings. And a few years ago, I started to wonder, well, how could that same fascination, how could that irresistible magnetic pull be applied to marketing? How could that help a small to medium-sized business grow? So the way I explain it in, in my programs and my workshops and in my consulting, everybody knows you know, the greatest brands in the world. People think of Apple and they think of Nike and they think of Amazon and Disney and Harley Davidson. Well, what about the small to medium-sized companies that have kind of like that same sort of appeal, but in, shall we say, more localized or regional uh, type of markets? And who's doing it without spending a fortune on advertising and paid media? That's really the genesis of Big Little Legends. There's dozens of examples that I've identified in my research, Mark, mm -hmm. and, and some signet, like too many to go into the book, too many to talk about today. But what we've done is we've distilled the core elements of what is a Big Little Legend and how anyone can basically tap into a force that's been around for centuries. Right. I'm so intrigued to dig deeper with this. Uh, but before we get into it, I just wanted to remind everybody that this episode is brought to you by my brand new book. Now, this book was driven from a conversation that Gare and I had over dinner one day, where I was finding a little bit unfocused in what I was trying to do. And Gare looked at me and looked at my passion, and we were talking about customer service, and we we're talking about business operational excellence. And he looked at me and he says, isn't it a fact that every time a business opens up their door, they're putting on a show? And right there, that created the catalyst for this new book called Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater. It tears down what it takes to put on a great show for you and your customers, no matter what business you are in. Please go down to the link below. I'll put it in the show notes, but it's markkane.com slash lights, camera, action. Again, it's Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence through the lens of live theater and the catalyst for that, the muse for that, the person who was responsible for yanking it out of my brain is my guest and I'm so thrilled that you are here. And I can imagine, Gare, that you probably do this for a lot of your customers. You probably are, are in a position where you see things that maybe other people don't see. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. And I, I, I never forgot from our conversation, you had this passion for improv and live theater if i recall right mark you were already doing this so in our consulting work what we do is we've got a very methodical step-by-step -step process to identify basically who people already are beyond their products and services let me give you the great big lies around the subject of marketing and brand development that are happening now no one cares about your unique selling proposition, okay? This is, I don't know how else to say it. No one cares about your product, service, features, advantages, benefits. That's not going to make people line up and come to you. The object of a brand strategy, in my view, is to make the customer 
or make the talent come to you? Let me ask you this, Mark. How much do the dynamics of a business relationship change when you've got the customer coming to you? Do they change a little or do they change a lot? Well, obviously it changes a lot because they're doing well, it by choice. And, right. And so to me, strategically, that's the only place to play. It's the only place you want to occupy. People go to Nike or Ferrari or Harley Davidson or Disney for, or Apple for a reason. I'm lining. Hey, I was lining up the other day. I'm still waiting to get my new iPhone 12 Pro because, because there's too much demand. So when we talk about big little legends, what we're talking about, well, how does the small to medium-sized business owner create that pull in the marketplace? And so what we distinguish very, very clearly is the difference between direct marketing and brand marketing. Direct marketing is more push-driven with the language of the pitch. Brand marketing is the pull. I call it the giant magnet on steroids. And the business leader has to recognize it's their responsibility to build the giant magnet on steroids. When you recognize that that's your job and that there's something inside you, as in your theater background, this is a great example, Mark. You've got this theater background. Great. Tap into who you already are and use that to start to build something that has a chance to be irresistible. Mm -hmm. There's 10,000 customer experience experts out there, but there's only one who's all about lights, camera, action, and taking the lessons of theater mm -hmm. and using them in a business. And that That's would right. be Mark Kane. Well, thanks for that. You know, and, I, and again, I wish I could have paid you for that because now I feel kind of guilty that you gave me all this value. <laughs> well, it's just, but, it, but it's universal, Mark. It's, it's understanding every single category so whoever's Thanks. watching right now all they have to do is think about in their particular category and it doesn't matter what it is it could be accounting it could be the legal profession it could be hydraulic manufacturers or piston ring makers or <laughs> right it doesn't matter what the product or the service is like this morning uh, one of our clients, uh, we are chatting on Zoom, uh, someone out of uh, Wisconsin who's in the architectural build business. There's car dealership. We're all over the business landscape. And here's the central core issue. Every single category has its own language. The secret is if differentiation is in fact a strategic priority, the secret is to speak an entirely different language than all of your competitors. What you will find is that when you really study this stuff, and this is part and parcel of what we do, is that you'll find virtually everyone in the category is focused on what they sell, their product, their service, their expertise. Well, Simon Sinek very clearly in Start With Why outlined People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Mm -hmm. But then you go to the homepage of any website, anywhere across all business categories, and you don't see why they do what they do. You see, here's what we do, here's what we sell. So it's a much bigger strategy. It's understanding you want to capture your why, for example, 
in the form of a story based on the values that you already possess, based on who you already are. I call it, who are you beyond the product and service? Yeah, I get it that you're a holistic healer, right? There's 10,000 holistic healers out there. Who are you beyond the holistic healing, beyond the insurance, beyond the beauty parlor or the tattoo parlor? It doesn't matter what it is. Go beyond that yeah. and see what you can discover. So is there, is there a strategy that small business owners could use to help them uncover some of this? Because I know that knowing a lot of entrepreneurs, that a lot of them tend to be quite focused on their business and they don't necessarily see what's going on or how to represent themselves outside of what they know. Right. And I'm going to say something, Mark, that's, and I don't want it to come across as self-serving. It's just the law of the universe. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can't read the label when you're inside the bottle. Exactly. You can't do it. Why do the greatest golfers in the world? So who just won the Masters? Dustin Johnson. And before that, it was Tiger Woods. Why do the greatest golfers in the world hire a swing coach? Why? Because the swing coach can see things in the swing that the golfer can't see. This is one of those unique areas where I couldn't do it for myself either. I needed help to come up with big little legends. I couldn't see it. So I had to find a trusted friend that I had confidence in that knew something about the language of metaphor. And let me back up a little bit. The language of brand. If that's the subject, if that's the discipline, I think it helps everyone to understand that the language of brand speaks a different language. The language is metaphorical. It is meaningful. It is symbolic. It is emotion. It is not the language of business. Business speaks a language that is logical, linear, analytical, mathematical, mechanical, factual. Two completely different languages. Mm -hmm. And so the language of that which is metaphorical, emotional, and symbolic ties very nicely to lights, camera, action. We can see that in our mind without any explanation. So very true. In fact, I think you have a story to tell us about the huggable car dealer. And I'd love to hear that story, but we'll get to that right after this. When you're delivering an important speech to a huge audience, it's easy to lose your place or go way over time. Give yourself an advantage with the Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app. No more checking your watch or calling for time. The Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app keeps you on track with easy to see timers, even changing color for visual prompts during your speech. And you can set audio cues to practice or set it to vibrate so you don't even have to look. Be the pro you know you are. Download the app at Speaker Presentation timer.com and welcome back to this episode of experience leadership i am speaking with master brand strategist gare maxwell gare before the break we were talking about this idea that we cannot see the label from inside the bottle do you have a specific example of how you yourself needed help i needed help to find big little legends from someone i trusted well guess what my signature story, and it's a story I know that you know well, it still dates back. If people are curious about, well, where did all this come from? <laughs> what sparked this? It's the story of the guy I met in 2002. So 
He's a small to medium-sized business owner. And I think, Mark, it's one of the easiest ways for anyone watching to kind of understand and put themselves in the shoes of my friend, Jim Gilbert. Right. So Jim Gilbert is a small to medium-sized business owner, small mom-and-pop operation. Him and his wife, Donna, had already been in business for about 20 years. I meet him in 2002 at the Fredericton Chamber of Commerce. Great. He's got five employees. He, he's got maybe a part-timer selling an interchangeable product, and he's in a ruthless competitive category. There's lots of players and lots of people selling what he's got. Now, if anyone watching can identify with that, you'll understand what Jim's going through. He, he knows he's different, but he can't communicate it. Mark, how many times have you heard that conversation? There's something different about us, but we look and sound the same as everyone else. So I met Jim in 2002. And at the time, I had transitioned out of broadcasting into small business consulting, specifically soft skills, uh, kind of some of the areas you were involved in around customer service, training, team building. And I met Jim. And we started working together, and it was only four years later that we stumbled onto the Holy Grail. Four years is what it took us. And, and simply put, without any strategic plan, without any detailed process to follow, what we did is we changed the story, and Jim Gilbert, as you can see the pictures, became Canada's huggable car dealer. So think about the typical radio spots that you've ever heard in the car industry. You've heard things, you know, what does the typical radio spot sound like? It's, um, you know, better quality, better service, better selection, better value, better prices. Well, in September of 2006, we went on, Mark, I love that you showed that video. We went on and completely went in a different direction. We told 30-second stories. There, there were these little vignettes about Canada's huggable car dealer. And so he's the Casanova of customer focus. He's the Romeo of roadsters. By golly, he's been called the McDreamy of drive. Stop by at Jim Gilbert's and get your daily dose of Hugtonium designed to improve your love affair with your car and your libido. Well, <laughs> There's 22 car dealerships in a 100-kilometer radius back then. Who else is speaking that way on the radio? That answer would be zero. It's 14 years later. His entire competitive space is still speaking the same product-focused language. We're speaking story-based language based on the values that, are already, that were already there. Like Jim and Donna Gilbert are the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. When I met them, I, I couldn't believe it. I found they were doing handmade, handwritten birthday notes for their customers. They were already huggable. It only took us four years before we got some help to figure out the story. Once we figured out the story, that was the launching pad for, as you showed in your clips, it's basically, I've had my American friends tell me, if Walt Disney imagined a used car lot, this is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. So he's on 17 acres now. He's got the mascots. He's got hundreds of teddy bears. There's a merry-go-round out front for the kids to play on. There's a two-kilometer nature trail, so you can go walk your dog. Anything and everything 
that speaks to huggable, which is the metaphor for taking care of people, for doing mm -hmm. the right thing, for giving great service. And, and so that business as of 2019, we're talking 38 employees and north of $50 million. So that was kind of like the lab to study human behavior and how that can be positively influenced when you share the power of a story. And right. so what, we, what we've done, Mark, is, is deconstructed some of the timeless principles and then juxtaposed it against, well, isn't that interesting? The same dynamic that creates legends also helps small to medium-sized businesses like Canada's huggable car dealer achieve, shall we say, legendary status within their space. Yeah. Well, you know, I like, I like your initial point, this idea that ultimately we can't do it by ourselves. No. We have, and th this is a message that I think through my, my podcast, people have heard time and time again. Every time I bring on a subject matter expert, the message is always clear. You can't do everything by yourself. And this, I love your metaphor of not being able to see the label if you're inside the bottle. Uh, I'd like to take it a step further, but before we go any further, could you let everybody know how they can get in touch with you if they want to tap into your expertise? Sure. I'm the easiest guy to find on, on the internet. It's uh, garemaxwell.com. Uh, so Gare, G-A-I-R. You're on the air with Gare, who used to have hair. Uh, Maxwell.com. I'm easy to find. I've got uh, a very active YouTube channel. I post consistently. I give away a lot of free content and ideas for people to really stop and think about, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to be in the, you know, do I want to play the role of spectator in the audience or do I want to be on the stage and be the performer? Right. And, and so metaphorically, it's about how do you escape the mosh pit of the language of your category and get on a stage and become Metallica or Celine Dion or Garth Brooks, whatever your flavor is. See, that's what the huggable car dealer is. There's he's it, within his space. There would be nobody like him, which is not only how he became the largest independent used car dealer in all four Atlantic Canadian provinces, but as of right now, the brand has expanded into the world of Kawasaki. And as of September 1st of this year, he got into the Kawasaki business in 2018. In 2019, they were number two in the country. And as of September, by 11 units, number one Kawasaki dealer in all of Canada. Wow. Wow. And, and, that, and it goes to show, you know, I, so I, I see a, a lot of times I'll talk to small business owners and right. they will use the excuse that it's easy for the big boys to do it because they have the budgets and I don't have the budget. And what you're telling us is there's something else in what we can control that will help us launch and be able to be kind of this irresistible brand that makes us stand out in our community. Right. This is the game changer right here. Mm -hmm. It caught what, is, what is right now, Mark, the cost of distribution on this live feed? What is our shared cost? Yeah, it's minimal. It's zero. Absolutely minimal. It's, it's actually like zero. It yeah. costs nothing. The platforms are free. They're easy to use. They're available. Excuses are also easy to use and available. 
I don't know that making excuses and staying invisible is a solid long-term business and brand building strategy. Forgive me. I don't, I'm not sold. Yeah. That making excuses and being invisible works long-term. Yeah. I am convinced because I've seen it repeatedly and I could tell you many more examples. When you find a story that is uniquely your own and people ask me all the time, well, what's the secret? What's the, the magic pill, if you will. Yeah. Recognizing that it's the leader's job to create what I call strategic drama. Oh, what a good title, strategic drama. Boy, I'd like to dig a little bit deeper into that, Garrett, and we'll get, and we'll that. get to that right after this. When the spotlight shines on your business, are customers applauding or yawning? In other words, how is your business performing? Make your business a star with a new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater by Mark Hain. Mark uses his business and acting experience to help you see your business like a live show so you can create a performance your customers will never forget. Buy Lights, Camera, Action today at your favorite online retailer or directly at MarkHain.com. We are delving into strategic drama. Gary, you got to dig a little deeper, my friend. Mm. You have to create strategic drama, which begins with, can you discover the story that is uniquely your own? Can you tell that story? But more importantly, can you live that story? And then what we always recommend is if you can anchor it to a two to six word narrative, then you've got this long form storytelling with the story that has no ending being shared on free platforms. The platforms are going to change right now. We're on things like YouTube and Facebook and there's going to be, you know, Instagram is, is, is out there and Twitter's out there and LinkedIn's out there. Great. Are, are there going to be more platforms? Yes. Yes. But all the time. Just like Tiki talkie came out from nowhere. Exactly. So, And so with Jim Gilbert, the huggable car dealer, we started on the radio to the point where his radio budget at one time, I think was about, I'm going to say ballpark it around 120 to $140,000 a year. And that went down to zero because his social media traction and, and the snowball effect was so big. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, and I hope this makes sense to our viewers as well. And uh, just a quick little call out to them. You know, if you feel that this is valuable for you, please give it a thumbs up. Is this making sense? You know, I'd love to hear your comments and your questions in the comment box as well, because your experience, you have experiences, you have challenges. And so I'd love it if you would share some of this in your in the comment box and just start this discussion. How is it working for you? Do you tell a unique story? And Garrett, it, to me, it feels like it comes down to this, and you mentioned it, um, you know, it's not only just come up with something, but you have to live the brand as well. And then it's all about telling those stories. Uh, right. When it comes down to this idea of being able to tell stories, what do you think the, 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 the foundation of that storytelling should be? Well, storytelling foundationally, and it's, 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 that's a great question because it's uh, fundamental to our consulting work, is if our hypothesis is true that a brand is a story embedded in the mind of the market, then 
There's only seven basic stories. There's only seven. And this becomes a valuable filter for whether or not you've actually got a story. Okay, so Christopher Booker is a researcher out of the UK, and he researched the origin of story that goes back, you know, into Greek Roman times and <laughs> way before the Bible and things of that nature. And, and but he studied things like Shakespeare and Broadway and Hollywood and fiction. And, and there's seven recurring plot lines. What we do is figure out, okay, if there is a story to be told, how does it align with at least one or two or three of these basic plot lines? Right. So using the Huggable Car Dealer as an example, that would be a, an in, uh, a, a synthesis of comedy meets Voyage and Return. So it's like Runaway Bride meets The Wizard of Oz and Disney, <laughs> which is a timeless foundation. If people, if societies for years centuries have been fascinated by the same stories then what you have is the confidence that you're at least in alignment with the greatest stories ever told so lights camera action is is that's very much voyage and return which is escapism creating alternative universes right so that different expectations exactly but it's also allowing for the role of fantasy and make-believe it's all kinds of possibilities now what you do with it that's going to be all up to you what i love is what just what you created with your studio mark mm -hmm. lights camera action well what do we see we see this very well lit thing and with your theater background welcome you, to the backstage we're backstage but this is this is and i see the little clapper right for the yep yeah got the clapper yeah, absolutely yep. These are the, the, and so the clapper is, is that would be one of the things that is symbolic, for example, of what lights camera action is all about, right? No different than the teddy bear, or I mentioned the masters earlier, the green jacket. Mm -hmm. Why are they so, you know, desperate to win that green jacket why just a green jacket it's just a green piece of cloth that's all it is functionally yeah but it's what it represents and so the business leader mark who can recognize a bigger role than just selling stuff a bigger role than a laundry list of product service feature advantage benefit no 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 strategic drama begins when you can discover, tell, live your own story and answer the fundamental question, who are you beyond the product or service? Right. You know, I really appreciate the fact that you use kind of this idea that every industry has the language. Is there some way for these small businesses to figure out are they like everybody else? Because again, being so close to it, how do they figure out, am I like everybody else? Everybody, every entrepreneur I've ever met has said, oh, I make better pizza than so-and-so. And oh, I do, you know, I have a better hardware store than everybody else. And I have, everybody thinks that they're different, but mm -hmm. somehow when it gets out into the marketplace, yeah, it doesn't seem like it. So what can they do to figure out what is the language in their industry? Yeah, here I do an exercise all the time uh, in my different workshops and my consulting programs 
I call it the category language exercise, and it's it's astonishingly simple, and it costs it would cost someone zero. <laughs> it's, there's no monetary investment. You just got to put a little elbow grease into it. Here's what you do. If you're if you're if you're a solopreneur, you can do it yourself. If you've got a small business, put 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 uh, three or four people in the room, and everybody grab a laptop. And what you do is you start studying. Each person in the room would study four or five websites of your competitors. Just study oh. the websites. And here's what you're going to figure out. And it's right out of, like, like I say, we, the book's coming out in 2021, but this is kind of like the workshop handout. And the category language exercise is so simple. You just go to page five. And if anyone wants to email me and get a... Uh, a soft copy, I'll gladly email them this to this this document. Okay. Great. Yeah, absolutely. But the category language exercise on page five, picture five people in a room, Mark. Yep. Of and everyone's got to study four websites. Well, on page five, all you do is okay, you you make note of the commonalities. In other words, you put down, you inv you were taking inventory. What are the common words and phrases? used by all the websites on their homepage and their about us sections and things of that nature. Okay, great. Those are the common words. And then, oh, what are the common visual elements? And then what's the common strategy, the positioning, the themes? What you'll see in a lot of businesses is the strategy, the positioning of the themes is right out of the movie Elf. Remember that movie with Will yeah, Ferrell? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he comes down from uh what is it? The uh the North Pole into New York. Didn't he do do some something around those candy cane forest or the swirly gumdrop things and the plunk he's in New York and then he goes by the coffee shop and what does he see? World's best cup of coffee. And he walks in, you did it, guys, you did it. In my view, Mark. That's how most businesses, a lot of businesses, market themselves from a strategy point of view. We're the best hardware store. We're the best. Really, what you're sending out to the universe is we're the world's best cup of coffee. Yeah. The point, quality is not a differentiator. Right. You cannot differentiate on quality. Right. Quality is table stakes. We assume you're good. See. We're past that. We already know you're a good dentist. We already know you're a good engineering firm. We get that, right? Who are you beyond all that? But quality cannot be a differentiator. So when you study the common words and phrases, when you look at all the visuals, any business owner, uh, and especially if they have a small team doing it, all you got to do is put flip chart paper on the wall. Yeah. Put it all yeah. down. Yeah, post-it notes. Post-it Just... notes of all the stuff that's the same. Yeah. I've had people tell me they go from website to website, and you can almost literally copy and paste complete sentences or even paragraphs about how. I never forgot I was doing an executive session with a CEO group in Edmonton with a guy who was in the business of, um, of it was very high-end specialized furniture. So hutches, tables, chairs, not discount, high end, a lot of craftsmanship, 
And when he did the category language exercise, Mark, I never forgot that guy. He says, you know, within a 50 kilometer radius, all three of us are the world's finest. This is what you've got to figure out. What is the actual language of the category? And then you've got a, at least a baseline understanding of what brand strategy is. Brand strategy is this. If everybody zigs, you zag. Right? You have to find a different language. But first, to create a zag, what are we going to do it against? It does two things. The category language exercise does a couple things, Mark. And one of the most important things it does is it fuels inside the entrepreneur this, this question. And, and it's a question that's the jumping off point for everything. Can you decide what you're not going to be? Yes. Because if you can't decide what you're not going to be, you'll never discover what you could become. But that's a big leadership decision. See, this is not a marketing issue. It's a leadership issue. And that's why it's a, the, the subtitle is very deliberate. It's how everyday leaders build irresistible brands, not how everyday advertising agencies build irresistible brands because brands are only built by leaders. Enzo Ferrari did it. Bill Knight and Bill Bowerman did it with Nike. Steve Jobs did it with Apple. Branson did it with Virgin. You can point all the greatest brands in the world, Walt Disney. This was leadership. And I look at Jim Gilbert, same thing, Mark. It's a leader that did it. Yes. Yeah. It starts at, again, it like everything else, right it starts, at the, top. starts uh, at the top. So is there, you know, when you're talking about this, I, I imagine that some people would watch this and go, oh my goodness, I, I got to get on this. I got to do this. Are there any cautionaries to what we're talking about today? Is it possible that people can go too far or kind of get off course somehow with this? Very easy. Of course. That's a great question. If, yeah. You're going to get, there'll be tons of distractions. The biggest thing will be the naysayers. The biggest, the biggest uh, issue will be taking advice from people who actually don't know anything about the subject called building irresistible brands. <laughs> Marketing in many respects as a, as, a, as, a, as a practice or a discipline is a lot like being a minor hockey coach in Canada. You know, I don't know how familiar you are, Mark, with minor hockey, the world of minor hockey. Anyone who ever coached minor hockey can tell you he's got 20 parents in the stands that are better coaches than, than he or she. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's got an opinion. Few have expertise. Yeah. Real yeah. expertise. Who's done this? And so, you know, we're, we've been, so, so anyone who's thinking about doing this, they've got to recognize you might not want to pay too much attention to what aunt Sally has to say or uncle Fred, you, right, right. you, you might want to say, wait a second, I got to learn a little bit about this. And because the long-term implications are real. Jim Gilbert's business has never been the same since we told that story. When we started telling that story within six weeks, think about the logic of this. Mm -hmm. Within six weeks, Jim and Don are telling me complete strangers are walking up to them at the shopping mall, at the coffee shop, at the hockey games. Cause strangers. And they're looking at them. Is that true? Or 
are you really the huggable car dealer? Can I get a hug? Like, and we didn't know it back then. I mean, we were so young and naive, but, <laughs> but looking back, those were the first seeds planted in the soil that was the pull. That's, they're coming to him. Right. And I never forgot at dinner that night, Jim saying, you know, I've been advertising on the radio for years and years. He says, I've never had anyone come up to me and talk to me about my ads because they weren't ads. They were stories. Yeah. Yeah. People hate ads. It comes yeah. up on YouTube. Skip ad. What happens? Everybody you can't go it. fast enough. Yeah. But people will always have time for a story. Maybe not everyone, but story is something people love to see because we grew up with stories. They're part of our birthright. Uh, and not only that, Mark, but people actually share stories. They do. They, they don't share. Has anyone ever seen anyone on the internet share a unique selling proposition? Never. Ever. Never. And I think that is the biggest load of crap that's ever been sold <laughs> in the management consulting world. When I hear these so-called experts talk about things like competitive advantage and USPs, I can't stab a fork in my eye fast enough because I think <laughs> what a wasted effort towards yes. nothing. Yes. But you know, and, but what's interesting about that is when you talk about things like USP, um, unique selling points, you're, you're talking about money. You're talking about finances. You're talking about the accounting. You're not talking about business. You're not talking about the people in your business. And I think that's where the big differentiation makes is you're taking the step of, we tell them why, we deliver on the why, and then we wow and we become irresistible to those people. Right, and, and what I identified, Mark, is that because I'm very focused on the world of that which is legendary and creating a pull strategy, that means by definition, it has to speak the language of metaphor yes. it and that which is symbolic. So that's the language of, you know, everyone from FDR to JFK to MLK, right? It's just, it's got to represent something bigger. And when yes. you can pull that off, then it's got a chance. Otherwise, you're just another, you're just disappearing into the mosh pit or the you know, the sea of sameness swimming with right. everybody else. Right. right. So that's kind of, you that's know, great. it's, it's, it, you can probably tell Mark, I can talk about this literally not just for hours, but for days. And here, I, here it is. I've completed the manuscript for the book. And I'm like, there's actually two more books that are going to come out of this book nice. because there's so such much because yeah. it's such a, it, it, it's for me, it's such a fascinating topic. I never get tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. This has been so great. If you were to recommend, you know, to the people watching this, if they're sitting on their thumbs right now and they're just like, this is so much information, how do I get started? What, what's the next steps for them? Right. Uh, uh, you can always do something real simple. Go to my website, subscribe to the blog, and that way you get like lots of free stuff. If you want to even yeah. go, Further, I do 20-minute Zoom calls all the time with people 
all over the continent and different parts of the world, actually, that just want to bounce ideas. Yeah. Okay? You, you want to like a, like, like uh, Fred Van Vliet, who's the latest to defy logic and, and go to the hoop. If you, if you just want to bounce an idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I do zoom calls all the time for that. Right. That's and awesome. I'm a pretty easy guy to track down uh, on the internet. It's, it's not something that is, is mainstream, right. like, right. It, it just isn't. Um, Cause it's not another social media marketing expert. Exactly. It's thinking, it's thinking through, well, how did Nike go from nothing? You know, when they started blue ribbon sports in 1964, Adidas was already a billion dollar company. Yeah. Well, how did Nike become the biggest of them all in that business? How did that happen? How does the Nike brand valuation of 36 plus billion dollars is more than double than their top four competitors? And Nike is a great example. Uh, I use that story all the time of, of building a brand off of three words. What's the yeah. Nike? Do it. It, yeah, just, just do, it. do it. Well, how many stories can you tell with just do it as the anchor? Yeah. You and, and, to, and again, to those people, those naysayers, the ones who say, well, you're talking about Nike, they're a multi-billion company. Uh, I'm just a small guy. But at some point, Nike had to start with somebody. They, it had they, to start with an idea. It had to start with a small business. It had to start with somebody making a prototype. And somebody who says there's something in the market that's missing and I can fulfill it. Right. Nike uh, started with a handshake and a thousand dollars between Bill Bowerman and Phil Knight. They started with nothing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The other thing they, in my view, what they did in 1988, they landed on three words that they've never abandoned. And that's right. the difference between what I call a campaign and a brand. Nike has always anchored all of its storytelling to the three words. So they tell a story about Jordan or it's Bo Jackson or it's LeBron or it's keep going. The characters change in the story, yep. right? Yep. Or it's Serena Williams or it's Colin Kaepernick and Nike enters the world of social justice. Or, or it's a chubby little guy running down the road. There you go. Great. How many stories can they tell knowing that the ending of the story is always three words? Yep. Just Inside those three words are the values of initiative, courage, resourcefulness, tenacity. Yeah. tenacity. It's all in three words, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Hold that thought. Then how many stories can Jim Gilbert tell with four words? Canada's huggable car dealer. Exactly. Oh, it's the same... We're using the exact same strategy mm -hmm. that Nike uses only with small to medium-sized businesses. What's the first thing? Let me throw, let me do this for you, Mark, <laughs> and all your viewers will love this. What 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 are the words that instantly come to mind? Let's play a, a little association game, right? Because it's all about top of mind, right? What yes. comes to mind? What's the first thing you think of? The first words you think of when you hear the word. Reebok. Yeah, running shoes. That's it. Right. That's and that's all I got for point. I can't find an audience anywhere that can answer the question, well, who's Reebok beyond yeah. the product? And so 
Reebok is an example of a company that has had tons of resources, spent millions of marketing dollars for decades to be known for nothing. Mm -hmm. So when you are invested in your story and it's a, it's a story with, with some, you know, it's got some gumption, it's got some grit, it's got some actual, like it's grounded in truth, yes. right? Like lights, camera, action doesn't exist without your uh, theater background. Yeah, it would be inauthentic if it did. Exactly. So it's got right. to come from a real place. But yes. once it comes from a real place and it's aligned with those values and then you turn it into a, like I say, a long form narrative based mm -hmm. on two to six words, then everything that you invest in the future is building equity. Yes. It's awesome. Gare, like you said, we could go on for days talking about this stuff because I think it's both very close to both our hearts, this idea of how do we differentiate? How do we do something different? How do we think of ourselves in a different way? And so like individuals, every business is unique, even if you're in the same industry. Unfortunately, this is all the time that we have today. Gare, I can't thank you enough. And again, just to remind everybody how they can get a hold of you, it's Gare at GareMaxwell.com. The email is gare at garemaxwell.com. The website is garemaxwell.com. YouTube, I'm easy to find. Facebook, I don't hide from anyone. And and Mark, <laughs> that's I, a I, really long URL. I don't hide from anyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm easy to find, and and uh, because I believe that as as the world has more capacity and technology to be connected, yeah. I find in some ways we're a little more disconnected and i'd like to try and change that in some way and 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 hooking up with you today is is one example of that because suddenly people are eavesdropping on our conversation right and suddenly people are getting to know you and and more about what lights camera action is all about and creating show-stopping experiences and, and that's at the what... same token hopefully and this is the purpose of this podcast hopefully it's giving people something different to think about in the yeah. context of their business yeah, the, the bottom line, if you need a closing statement, is don't settle for ordinary, be legendary. Awesome. Gary, thank you so much. I so appreciate you being here to share your knowledge, your passion, and your expertise. And to those watching, why don't you give me a thumbs up if this was of value to you? Please do it if it was, if you found it was valuable. YouTube likes it when we engage, and so they'll turn around and go, oh, Mark is somebody we should maybe be listening to. <laughs> and as always, my offer also stands. If you would like 30 minutes of my time to brainstorm your business with you and your team, that's always the provision, please feel free to book yourself on my online calendar. The link is down below. It's the one that's listed as meetme.so slash Mark And as always, I am at your service. And if you haven't done so yet, why don't you hit the subscribe button, ring the bell. That'll give you first dibs whenever I bring you some fresh content help you work on your business, not just in your business. Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure you visit markhain.com where you can subscribe to iTunes or by RSS so you'll never miss a show. Or go directly to markhainlive.com to watch the video edition of this podcast. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please give us a rating on iTunes. Or you can share it and tell your friends all about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode.
Please stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception.